good evening everyone my name is Eunice and uh, for those who doesn't know me like uh, I'm from UX Indonesia and Josh is also here he's uh, from uh, CX Inside and uh, today we are very privileged to have uh, someone very special from Canada and uh, he's, uh, uh, he's our <laughs> friend he's um, we knew him before like uh, through uh, a lot of Google events. So I'm going to introduce him shortly. And uh, yeah, I just want to introduce Dr. Andrew Muirwood. So he's a very special person. He's from UK. He's a founder and design strategist, product research at Muirwood Product Research. So he's a product researcher and founder of London-based agency called Muirwood & Co. It helps clients around the world like Mozilla, Tesco, Deliveroo, you know, all these big names. And he, he's also a seasoned startup mentor and speakers at accelerators uh, run by Google and the World Food Program. He's also he's a very uh, generous person and he's, he's been mentoring a lot of individual designers and researchers and speak about design research at university and conferences around the world. He's been doing mixed method over 10 years. His passion for studying people began during a PhD on the evolution of cons consumer products. So Andrew enjoy the intellectual challenge of researching across different topics such as food preparation to credit, management to uh, financial anxiety. So today he's going to talk about a useful way to uncover customer needs or add context to analytics and survey data. His uh, work especially like uh, on a discovery research, he will talk through more about that. And then especially tonight he's going to Give us five top pieces of advice how to do interview very well. So time is yours, Andrew, and I'll just exit for my presentation. You can jump to your presentation. Sure. All right. So um, I don't really need to do this slide because Eunice did a really good job um, explaining who I am. Um, and so I will move forward quickly. Um, I, I thought I just have a, a quick a quick um, sort of chat before we kind of get going to understand who who in the room has done interviewing before. Who's who has actually done interviewing customers in any kind of in any kind of form or, or um, wave your hands. I'm just looking at your screen. You can see yourselves. Adi has. Adila. Okay, good. A few a few people waving hands. Um, so yeah okay good um so why why do you think it's why is it good from your perspective what what are the kind of some of the reasons why interviewing is so um valuable oh is that gone into the chat uh yeah i think some of us are quite shy you wanna... yeah, yeah we can you can go to the chat if okay. you want to answer if, you, if it goes in the could you um can you read out on the chat if anything comes up because i can't see um if i'm going full screen i can't see um the chat so maybe read it out if it comes yeah i'll read it out awesome. don't worry yeah okay okay cool or, or everyone can just speak up yeah yeah you can speak Jump in, interrupt me anytime. It's not, okay. you don't have to worry. <laughs> I won't be offended if you interrupt me or ask questions anytime. Yeah, yeah. So, what what, what are people saying in the chat? Uh, not yet. So, they are still even shy on the chat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to get, okay. To get to well, know so I can give you some reasons why interviewing. There's a one person, Cecilia said, to get yeah. to know customers. Okay. Yeah. So you really you get to know who are the people that are um, are buying or using your your products and um, kind of understand because they're often different from you that, that you know you're not as it, not everyone is lucky enough to be able to build products that are for themselves um, and so doing interviewing and speaking to your customers allows you to kind of get into the step into the shoes of the people that might be um, using the thing that you're you're building. Um, any other reasons? Yeah, Ilma said because clients is king. Because clients is king. Yes. So another exactly. So um, every you know 
a good business is one that puts its customers first and makes sure that uh, you know everything that they they do is is in the interests of customers. And so it makes sense that you speak to customers and find out what what it is that they um, they need at regular intervals. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, Lovey said to be able to empathize with them. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so to building building that understanding understanding you know what what their struggles are um can you know be helpful not you know for to help you to design great products but also to kind of think about how you sell and market and you know even the sort of the wording and the imagery you use to sell um uh you know products and services mm. okay let's let's keep going um so we're, I'm talking. I just wanted to give a bit of background as to kind of the kind of interviews that um, I'm, I'm talking about, and, and these are the kinds that I do mostly. Um, you know, I'm not talking about so much kind of a journal journalism interview. I'm talking. This is I'm t talking about specifically in the context of um, of building products, and this, the, the major areas that um, I typically use interviews for are kind of identifying the discovery, which is identifying new ideas. So you know maybe. I, I want to build something for a certain for you know a certain group of people and i'm not sure what that thing is yet maybe i've got like a, a general theme but i uh, i need to interview those people and ask questions to them to, to kind of come up with see what their problems are and then come up with ideas after that that's often that's quite you know quite a typical project for me another type is kind of validation of existing ideas so that's i have an idea but maybe I need to kind of refine the idea or I need to work out who exactly the idea is, is good for. Maybe some people would like it more than others. And then the final area is kind of is new behaviors or types of people and just trying to understand kind of what's going on. And this one is often, uh, there might be a certain type of behavior that's been uncovered by, um, by you know, quantitative work so maybe there's been a survey or there's been some product analytics that has uh resulted in in some unidentified behavior and and then it you know off the back of that it makes sense to go in and speak to um you know the, the customers to try and work out what's going on so maybe for example on a, a web page or an app suddenly everyone stops using it or or people are um you know filling their shopping cart with lots of um you know products but then they're not buying the, um, you know they're not going through the full process and you can see on the data that that's happening but you don't you can't see why it's happening and so um learning about why it's happening is a way to um you know to, to fix that and just to um you know to come up with solutions so that's the kinds of interviews that i'm um i'm talking about um and what i'm going to use today is um uh, just as a, as a sort of case study to help us to kind of sort of bring this to life I'm going to use uh, a fictional startup idea called Haute Couture. Uh, and this is a breakfast cereal subscription service uh, idea that I've had. Uh, it doesn't exist. It is a it's a really good idea, I think, but, um, but it doesn't exist. And, um, and so uh, I'm imagining that I'm, I'm the founder of this company and I need to do some research, um, very, very early research to try to um, you know, just try to work out whether it's a good idea and maybe what should, what's the most important kind of features of this idea in order to make it successful. Um, so that's, um, I'll, I'll keep coming back to that as my kind of my main example. Um, and the way it works is that you, you download an app and then you choose different um, types of granola um, or breakfast cereal uh, from the, the menu and then you get, it gets delivered through your letterbox. Um, and it's, it's like a subscription and you can kind of, um, you can change your order and that kind of thing. Um, so, um, I'm going to launch, I'm going to go straight in to, um, my, my kind of top tips. Um, but I'd love, I'd love this to be, um, a, like a more of a discussion. Um, so if, if you have, um, you know, things that you would like to add, uh, things that you disagree with, um, you know questions then please do ask them as we go um i'm also just i'm gonna do i'm, I'm probably gonna um 
switch off the screen share uh and like just do a bit of talking as well um and uh and so I don't, it's not going to be a super visual um presentation um because i'm hoping that you will kind of take notes and uh you know and if there's anything specifically that you'd like um you know templates or examples of then you can just ask me afterwards um so the first area is uh, making sure that you get the answers that you need um so that so um this is this is kind of i think this is the big one um when you're when you're doing research um uh, specific especially in, in my situation where I'm, I, I'm doing research on behalf of clients but maybe you might be doing research in, inside your own company um you've got a limited amount of time you have a limited budget you have a limited number of um people that you're speaking to and so you need to make sure that <laughs> you within that time you get you you really kind of answer the, the the key questions um and and in order to do that you need to firstly you need to kind of know exactly what those questions are and to be and to also to kind of prioritize them um so i always start um if, if i'm going to be doing uh some interviews then i always start by writing a plan and the plan starts with what are the biggest kind of questions what are the scariest questions um for me and my organization so in the context of um uh this of haute couture of my my fictional serial business a scary question might be uh would people pay extra to have cereal delivered to their house um another another kind of scary question might be um you know do people even eat like cereal anymore or is everyone doing like you know avocados and you know quinoa or and smoothies um another question might be uh you know do people do people in general like the idea of kind of subscriptions and and like subscribing to food these these would be big questions and and uh which i definitely should answer before i start asking questions about like what flavor or um you know what what um what color should the app the app be or what should my logo look like you know those, those are much scarier questions so i would prioritize those um on top of uh you know you got you know make make sure i ask those questions first before i start thinking about um others um the next one is you know i, I so typically once i've written my plan i then will um write a script um and um and so when when um when I have a big kind of scary question, like, would you pay for something? Uh, you can't ask that straight uh, like, um, you know, directly to someone, um, you know, the, the, the answer that they're going to give you when you ask, uh, ask directly is, is probably going to be, um, it's, it's going to be hard for them to answer honestly. And it doesn't really represent exactly that what they, they will actually do. And I find people in British people anyway, um, uh, tend to be quite nice and um, they they don't want to hurt your feelings and so they don't want to tell you that you've got a bad idea um, and so if I wanted so if I said I want I'm gonna uh, doing serial delivery would you pay for it they'd probably be like yeah yeah probably yeah yeah I think I, I yeah yeah I might do um, whereas if I ask indirect questions like have you ever subscribed have you ever ordered food online have you uh, ever subscribed to food? Do you subscribe to anything else? What other things do you subscribe to? Um, do you, what do you have for breakfast? What's a typical breakfast for you? How much money do you spend on breakfast per week? Um, how much variety do you like in in your breakfast? Uh, and uh, you know, do you, what kind of phone do you have? Do you do you like to down do you, you like to download apps? All of those answers to all those questions um will will indirectly help me to understand that the profile of that person and whether or not um my my idea would fit would kind of work for them if someone hates breakfast cereal then they're probably not going to be a good customer for me and um and any other any other answer they give to any other question is not super helpful because I've, already, I've just worked out that they would there's there's a fundamental reason why they wouldn't use my product and i either need to change my product 
or I need to not sell to them. They're just not a customer. Um, so that's what I mean by indirect questions. Um, and then also you got to cut the crap. You got to um, keep it as tight as possible. Uh, it's very tempting to, you know, to ask a like warm up questions where, uh, you know, because you want to ask an easy question at the start um, and you ask them about how their day is going or like, you know, what they do for a job and then suddenly 15 minutes is gone. Um, so I, I, what I try to do is if I'm if I'm going to ask um, warm up warm up questions, they should still be like on topic. So I, like a good warm up question for me would be like, what would what did you have for breakfast this morning? Or like, tell me what the last five breakfasts were that you had. It's not a hard question to um, answer. It's it's a, and it gets you into the mindset of thinking about breakfast. Um, but but it's not. I'm not going straight into kind of how much do you spend or um, you know more personal um, kind of questions. So I'm, I'm, it's still it's still a, quite a gentle um, opening question. So every every minute of that interview should should be um, you know helping you to answer your um, your broader questions. So I'm just going to pause there um, and stop sharing um, and just jump in and see if there's any if you guys have any questions or any, any does anyone have anything that they'd like to build on top of that around um making sure that you get uh the answers that you need maybe i'll start andrew maybe everyone's still shy but just jump uh, if you have any question and just type if you're a bit shy i usually use the direct and indirect questions uh mix um yeah and you're actually right um especially if you do interviews in indonesia indonesian people maybe uh are more polite than british people i i would argue <laughs> even more even more polite than british people even more polite than british people and sometimes they are shy as well so it's not only polite but they are also shy so it's a uh, it's kind of challenging and then uh, sometimes uh, uh i use the direct technique in indirect for the questioning because the direct technique sometimes uh, uh, some things are quite obvious and then for them it's quite obvious so depending on the context but usually I use the mixed one because for the indirect question question that you just mentioned sometimes they just say oh, okay yeah I, I had a subscription and then they ramble around and everything like that okay and then okay and then just go on with the, with the next uh, question but that's, that's interesting that what, what you're yes. saying is actually quite true uh most of the times uh I, what i see from the junior researchers or interviewers they they uh, tend to uh waste time so that's the, the thing that i've observed uh, because they, they do not feel like oh this is too tough questions yeah. and they do warm-up question and then they they ended up uh, spending uh 10 minutes for the warm-up questions and didn't get the answer for the real ones. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. 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 So I, and I think that, it, that the a direct question as a follow-up is a really good way of, of um, speeding things along. So like if, um, if someone says, if I say like, what did you have? Like, tell me about your breakfast that you had this week. And they said, um, oh, on Monday I had um, like this breakfast cereal. Then I could say the direct question would be like, how much did you pay for that cereal? Um, how much did it cost? And then I could be like, how did you, um, you know, how did you choose, you know, is that typically typical for how much you spend? Like, how do you budget these kinds of things? It can be a bit more direct there, but I'm still not asking do like, would you pay for my product? Um, and I think that that's what I mean by kind of like super direct, maybe at the very end of the interview, I'd be like, here's my idea. Um, would you pay for it? but um but but i but I, but the answer to that question i still like wouldn't put like mm. a huge amount of value on it yeah. um okay there's another question andrew uh, before you yes go i saw um, a question yeah chui yin is asking do you pay for interviewers interviewees sorry how does that influence the answers given by the interviewees yeah so um it depends on the project so so a lot of the time we in the uk uh we use we do pay uh, people to participate in interviews. Um, there's like an incentive that you pay them, and uh, it depend. The incentive depends on on who they are and how how busy they are. Essentially, so if you want to do, if you want to interview a, a like a senior lawyer, 
then you might have to pay a, a bigger incentive than if you're interviewing a student. Um, and sometimes a student just wants like, you know, a coffee or some cake or whatever. Um, and um, so it, de it depends on the person and it depends on the on the project. Um, I think that recruiting is is a whole <laughs> I could do a talk on just on recruiting um, and like, uh, you know, pay, like the incent, how you incentivize and how you find participants. And certainly the it, it can influence um, the answers that they give you. Uh, well, it, I can, it, but I think that comes more down to the person. Like if, if you find someone that is just, just wants the money to be a part of the, you know, just, I just want, uh, you know, I'll say whatever you want me to say, just give me my, like my, like 20, 20 pounds, then, um, you know, that, that definitely is going to influence them. However, um, you know, a lot of people are, who, who part, sign up to participate in research are, you know, can be like you know just just normal people they're just sort of interested and it's just something like something to do and so it's i'm always surprised by the the people that sign up to do research sometimes you have very rich people who are just doing it because they're interested they, they that's something, they, something they want to do so it doesn't it doesn't always influence and i think that you the way you ask the questions the more if the more concrete you can be in the questions the less um, you can, it, you, you, it's possible for them to, um, be influenced. So if you say like, tell me exactly what you have for breakfast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, there's no, why would they lie about that? And then how much did you pay? Uh, and these kinds of things that's, these are concrete, um, questions that, that are, that give you a lot of, um, context. Um, whereas, uh, in, you know, if you ask like, would you buy this thing, then then that's where, you know, it becomes less concrete. It becomes more woolly um, because it's they're being they're speculating about something that they they haven't done. That's not a, a real life behavior. Um, there's more questions. Recommend approach for semi structured interview um, framework. Yeah, so I typically um, I do. I do use a semi-structured approach, so so I have a I have a set of questions, but but the interview usually jumps around, um, like in, across those questions. So, so broadly, it follows a sort of com there's a conversation. You try to make it feel like a normal conversation, um, and obviously you have your list of questions that you need to answer <laughs> because of your and you know because you've written your plan, and so that that I kind of use that that as a kind of checklist to make sure that I'm covering those topics, but that I but 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 from the interviewee's perspective, they shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like um, that you are running through questions. It should just feel like they're having a conversation. Um, um, then the, the last question, and then we need to move on because we've got to like, we've got some, we've got four more <laughs> tips to go through. <laughs> um, you mentioned if the interviews are not, the target customer is not serial, um, does it, um, do you continue the interview? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it depends on how depends on your your project and if if you think that if it's not valuable and you're in a in a hurry then you it's probably a good idea to just end the interview and give them their incentive um because that you know but it, it, the, but the fact if you know you the re, the way you avoid that is you do screening so you screen before you you interview um people you have a quick phone call with them like five minute interview and then maybe in that in that five minutes, and you're just saying like these are the details you'll you'll be calling here or we're meeting here or whatever, uh, and just just to check, you do eat breakfast cereal, right? <laughs> and then um, or like or no, you probably ask you probably ask you wouldn't say that that's, that's very leading. You'd be like just what kind of just just a quick check like what kind of things do you have for breakfast? And if they don't mention it, then you know that then you it probably means that they're a bad fit, and. And even before that, when you've been recruiting them, if you've been working with someone to help you recruit them, or if you've been using a survey or something to recruit them, um, then you would also f try to find out that they're broadly in the right kind of category. Um, uh, but yeah, if I've I've ended interviews where either the it, the person is the wrong profile, or I've realized that they're lying, and then I just be like, okay, see you later. Um, <laughs> and um, and sometimes you if they if they have been lying, you don't have to pay them the um, incentive. But if it feels very awkward, then sometimes it's just easier just to give them the money and like say, tell them that it's, it's, they're done and they can go. <laughs> okay.
All right. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you very much, Andrew. Just want to share yeah. it a bit. We we, we had uh, I had this uh, experience before that the customer recruited is actually not similar. Like say you're asking about the cereal breakfast, right? Uh, breakfast uh, cereal as a breakfast, and then let's say the customer say, um, okay, I do not eat cereal for breakfast, and then oh, you're not the target user. But then uh, the thing that I did was actually asking them. What made you not eating cereal for breakfast, mm. right? <laughs> Because yeah. I, I, you are already here. I mean, I will pay you at the end or do something. At least I, I want to know why they're not eating cereal for breakfast, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and that's a really. I think that's a really good point, and that's a um, that's a really good uh, build. Uh, certainly, understanding that, especially if you're. If you if if you um, are in house in a company and broadly, it's good to just understand these things. I think if you're a consultant and you're just like get, trying to finish a project, then there's kind of there's you know you have to weigh it up. But there's always value in people in understanding people, um, and it's a really good question. It's a really good kind of asking why. Um, and actually, there's something that's going to quite a lot of these things are, are going to be covered in my. Uh, my following tips. So let me share my screen again, and I'll, I'll we'll go through the next one a bit more quickly. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, you can share a Chrome tab. Well, that's cool. Yes, uh, if you share Chrome tab, you can share the sound as well. If you um, have any feedback. Okay, but like if so, can I? If I do that, you can see. Can you just see my slides? Yeah, yeah I can um, see your slide. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, is it full screen? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, that's so everyone can actually customize the screen if they want to see the full screen or with the. But can the, you uh, can you see the yeah. slide? Is it this just the slide, or can you see all of the like um, tabs and things as well? I I can see the the others as well, depending oh, okay. on the layout that you choose. Yeah, but oh, I can see your nice. slide full screen. Okay, I'm gonna gonna just hide that. Um, um okay um anyway let's do this uh, so yeah so this we've we've covered some of this stuff already so i'm going to move more quickly maybe i'll do a couple of tips and then we'll have another pause um after like two more um so then we can kind of keep things moving in the time um so the next step is about making sure that um the conversation kind of starts starts well you know you get i think when you When you walk into the room, when you pick up the phone, when you when you begin the conversation, that's how you set the scene for um, getting the most value out of the customer, uh, the, or the user, or whoever you're interviewing. Um, it, you you have to put them at ease. You have to make them feel comfortable. Um, and you also have to. They most people kind of they want to help you, and you and you really want to kind of guide them uh, to towards how to be, you know how. Um, can they? How can they answer questions in the most helpful way for you? Um, so um, let me just give you a couple of examples. So one thing I use, I like to use an info pack. Um, so what I'll do is I will send. Um, if I'm, you know, let's say I'm interviewing 10 people for a project, um, I will send them like a, a PDF, a one-page PDF that gives them instructions on uh, the, you know, where to go, when to, where to show up. Uh, What to expect? Like, oh, we'll be talking for this length of time. I'll be asking you questions in these sorts of questions, um, and sometimes I give them homework, like some preparation. Like, in order to pre to prepare for this interview, it would be great for you to think back to the to, you know, I, I'm going to be asking you questions about your breakfast. I want you to like um, come with the names and brands and prices and things uh, um, of the breakfast that you had recently uh, that kind of thing so they, they can then pr prepare their minds and prepare and maybe like look back through their phone or look back through their calendar or their wallet or whatever and and, and you come come into the interview prepared um, it also just means that there's no surprises if there's going to be two interviewers on the call then i, I can let them know um, if it's going to be uh you know And if we're meeting in a certain place that needs a, that's like hard to find, then maybe I, I'll give them a map. Um, so that's so that's, that's that's useful. Then the next thing is um, a banging intro. Banging is like a British word for like really good. <laughs> um, just to, just to translate for you. Um, and um, so like a banging intro for me is is you. I always write a, like a scripted intro for my interviews. 
um i uh so um so um yeah it's a really so a really good intro um is really helpful and i find that if i if i have a like a scripted in intro where i just run through the same thing for every interview then it means that the interviews are much more consistent um and it also means like it means i'm less nervous because i know exactly what i'm going to say at the start and and that's going to be very reassuring so it's going to be a lot of the same stuff as the information pack like here's what's going to happen here's how long it's going to take um, and then maybe I'll I'll give them some advice on how to answer questions um, well. So maybe I'll be like, you know, give me as much detail as you can. Um, don't worry about you know my feelings. Um, be be blunt with your feedback, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so like, give as much guidance as you can about how to how to help you um, answer the questions. And then the final piece is is the funnel. Um, so it it do you guys you know what a funnel is? A funnel is like a a you know it's what you use for pouring water into a, like a narrow bottle um and um and it's it's this kind of v-shape and what i mean by the funnel is like starting with open questions um like you know easy open questions and then uh and then then narrowing down to kind of the more direct kind of more closed questions at the end um so that you you this gives you the kind of maximum kind of breadth at the start and and helps you to sort of uncover unexpected stuff but at the end, you're making sure that you're answering, you know, you're you're definitely answering kind of any of the leftover questions that you have that, that haven't been answered. OK, I'm going to move to the next section. But if you have any questions, just kind of hold them up and then we'll we'll talk through them in like in a few minutes once I've done the next section. Um, so this is getting, you know, getting get out of the participant. Um, you know, people, you need to help them to help you. Um, you need to kind of put them at ease and kind of guide them towards um, you know, answering questions in a way that's kind of most helpful for you. And they can't read your mind. So, you know, the more clues you can give them, um, you know, the, the better. Um, so one thing for me is, um, you know, trying to be really present. So trying to be, trying to make it feel like a conversation, you know, even though you have a time limit, even though you have a script, you know, try to like look them in the eye, try to, um, you know, sh show them that you're listening and kind of ask questions that feel natural and kind of build on what, what you're talking about. Um, rather than looking down at your, your script or looking at your screen or, or, uh, or, you know, we'll talk about note taking in a minute. Um, but if you're looking, if you're just frantically typing and taking notes, it's really, um, it's really kind of, disconcerting for the person being interviewed it's like when you're doing if you're if you're doing a driving test and the um the the person that doing the driving examination is like writing stuff on their notepad while you're driving it's really kind of distracting and makes you think you've you know you messed up um so that's really helpful um that asking why so so i mentioned earlier like you know you know when someone's says something when someone you know talks about um a behavior or decision they've made then it's really good to kind of go to, to ask why to dig in and kind of get deeper on um um you know why that that behavior has occurred and uh and you know and and you know keep going keep asking why more and more and so you can get to the bottom of um you know behaviors uh and then i like i also like the silent technique so um you know, if, if you're talking too much, you know, I think a lot of, um, a lot of, I, and I'm, I'm definitely guilty of this myself. If I'm nervous, if, uh, if it's a new topic that I'm not kind of sure about, or if the person is quite daunting, cause there may be a lot, like a lot smarter than me or like a lot more experienced than me, then I tend to talk too much. Um, and, uh, and, you know, try to maybe explain myself, explain why I'm asking the question or like, or even sort of, explain you know the why what i think the answer might be and th and so that's that's not helpful because you want you want them to be doing all the talking so so really trying to to um make sure that the ratio of your your talking and their talking is like is super low so you you know it should be you should be talking kind of one percent of the time and they should be 99 percent. and one way of getting people to talk more is asking you ask a question and then they give an answer and then you just don't say anything you just kind of stay silent and um 
and then typically people will then just expand um maybe you can like make a little kind of nod or like a just encouraging nod and then they'll just expand and and even sometimes that can just be the most revealing way of getting people to to um, provide more information um let's do one more and then we and then we'll have a pause for questions so i also want to talk about um taking really good notes um so when for me when i'm doing you know i do i tend to do two or three research projects um at a time and uh what what i i do i do usually record the um the interviews but i've i don't really want to have to to go back and um take notes from the recording uh because i don't have time um and so typically what I, what i want to do is take have notes from the interview itself that are so good that uh, that they, I can basically use them um, as my sort of the, the data, the evidence for you know for moving forwards and making decisions and um, and and then and then I only need to go back into the recording if I want to dig out uh, a you know a specific moment that I thought was really interesting or um, or maybe I want to, to play it back to someone else and and I want them to see this that you know th that part of the recording because it's really powerful. Um, and so, you know, the, 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 having really, really good notes will help, you know, allow you to move faster. And the best way to take um, excellent notes is to get someone else to take them. Um, I, I, I try to do um, interviews in pairs. Um, sometimes we will kind of alternate. Um, one person does uh, takes notes. Um, but it, it means that if you if you are if you have someone else taking notes, then you can just relax and you can focus on asking the questions and being present as per the, the previous um, tip. Uh, and um, yeah, and then the other person can just take, you know, take the notes. And the other cool thing about having someone else there is it means afterwards you can talk about what you heard and you can kind of check each other's biases. You can um, you can say, ah, oh, well, I'm not sure that's that's what they meant. Um, and so it's it makes that analysis kind of um, you know uh, kind of more more rigorous it also makes the the notes kind of tighter because you can kind of double check um you know what what you're hearing uh and um and it also means that later on you've got two people who can uh can empathize with that particular um customer afterwards um i i use very structured notes so so typically my um i have a, i'll have a script which is like uh, I, I will use either a um, a tool like an interviewing tool or a or a spreadsheet um, or like just a word like a word doc and I'll have these questions written down in the script and then I and then when I'm writing my notes I'll write the notes next to the relevant question which means that if I'm looking back you know weeks later I, I, I can the, I know the structure is going to be the same for all my notes and I can look across like if there's one question Oh, I need to. Uh, I want to see what all those ten people said when I asked them about, um, you know, subscription. Then I just go to that section of the of my notes, and I know that I would be writing about subscription in this one area. And so it makes analysis much faster. Um, it makes it much the notes much more usable for someone else who uh, wasn't there, uh, and it sa it saves you a huge amount of time. So I think have it going into an interview with a with a blank um, piece of paper. Uh, and and your script separate is is going to create a huge kind of waste of time and also um, makes it very difficult uh, you know for, for anyone else who's trying to use your your notes um, you the interview will jump around um, and so you but but what I do is I just move I just will write the notes in the relevant section and then I'll just go back up to the to the question where I am so if someone talks about something that I was going to ask about later I just quickly write the notes there. And then I go back up um, to to where I was, and um, and that's um, you know it's a really helpful process. There are note taking tools, um, so um, one of them there's one called um, Interviewer, which is uh, with two R's, which is made by a, a friend of ours. Actually, I think he's going to be speaking next week. Emil has this has built this um, product. Um, and um, it's a note-taking tool that has the notes and the recording 
um, in one in one place, so you can see where you took the notes um, in any in, at any given moment. I believe there's another one. Optimal Workshop has got one as well. Um, but yeah, if you can you can use note taking tools to kind of take notes collaboratively um, and to, to attach the the note that you took with the moment in the recording, then you have um, you got a really good sort of way of of um, you know running through your evidence. So I'm just going to have a pause there for two minutes uh, for um, any any more questions, and then we'll do the last um, the last bit of advice. Any more question from anyone? I think there is a question from Reiko. I like to know about the UX process after a product is fully developed. I like to attach a new feature to fully developed product and how to get going with. Yeah. So. This is, I mean, it's a good question. It's also, it's also kind of a separate talk um, in that the, um, what you do, what you do with the data that you gather um, is, you know, really depends on the situation, but I, but it's a, it's a typical situation where you have a, a, you have a product and you're thinking about adding a new feature to that product. And maybe you've got like four or five um, feature ideas and they all seem great, but um, you want to choose one. Um, and you want to make sure you kind of understand what it needs to do. Um, and so that would be a really good time to to do some interviews, maybe in addition to other kind of types of UX research, maybe doing some um, looking at product analytics or looking at, um, you know, uh, Hotjar, things like that on you know, website behavior. Um, but uh, or, you know, or app behavior. But yeah, if you if if you're um, if you speak to customers, customers and then they and then they are talking about your you know you could ask them about your product and how they use it so let's say um in the example of um my the food app my the um cereal delivery app i, I i'm thinking about adding in um the a feature that allows you to um order milk as well as cereal um and so then i you know i would go and um you know, I would then start to speak to people and just understand, um, you know, how they buy milk, try to work out sort of pros and cons from their perspective of, uh, of, you know, whether or not you could receive milk in the mail. Um, <laughs> it's probably a bad example, but, um, you know, how often they buy it, how they, how they store it, how much space, et cetera, et cetera. And then I would then be able to say, well, I spoke to 10 people and I, I um, I got the feeling that sending milk through the mail is not as not such a good idea and actually um but this other idea i had which is you know sending honey um kind of makes more sense and that was you know and, and i can compare them against each other based on the evidence based on these key things that people were saying like you know uh, is the price is wrong the practicality is wrong the um you know storage is going to be difficult whereas uh, you know, this other idea sending honey through the post, it's, um, it travels well. It doesn't, it, it can be stored. It's, you don't need it to send as much. You can send it, you know, so then I can, I can compare those two things objectively, uh, based on, you know, the things that, um, that what I'm hearing, the feedback I'm hearing. That's, that's a, not a great answer. <laughs> I think that, um, I think that we can, I, it's another talk, um, to tell you, to talk, to walk you through how we fit uh interviews and other types of um kind of user testing into the ux process um uh so that you can use it to kind of develop your roadmap um yeah another question do you verify what you obtain from the interview with um with transcripts uh you, you can do um I, so some in in some projects some clients ask for transcripts um but in other projects they they you know they just you can just give them the recordings if they're desperate to have the the like the exact the um the exact kind of data there's there's also privacy in the in europe you can't kind of just store recordings and transcripts forever and ever um but i but typically for me it's the, the the my clients are more interested in the decisions in the actions and like the the what are the insights 
rather than actually transcripts. That's that is that's too kind of granular. Too, that's kind of microscopic data from from their perspective. Um, so uh, so I don't typically do transcripts. Um, um, yeah, I, I, you know I don't I don't kind of see the need for them. However, if you use a tool like Interviewer or or Optimal Workshop, a workshop, it does it does um it does actually automatically um, record. And some of some of these tools will actually give you a kind of basic transcription, which which is not it's not like amazing. It's because because it's like based on it's you know AI transcription rather than um uh you know professional. But it it might give you enough to be able to search within the the document. Um, I don't know how good transcription is in in um, in your language. Um, but it's even in English, it's not the, the like primary language of, of that everyone focuses on. It's still not great. If anyone has an accent, um, the transcription it tends to be quite unreliable. And then the only other alternative is to use a very expensive transcription service um, or do it yourself, which which is I typically don't have the time for. Um, another question: When do we know what it is enough? Um, how to start making the questions list? Um, yeah, it's good. Good. I think that the last, your last question is the answer <laughs> uh, to your first two questions. Um, it's really good to test your test out. So when you've written a script, um, then trying it out on one or two um, customers before you go on and do the rest of your research is a really good idea um, because it gets you, you, you'll work out which questions are confusing, um, if the wording needs to be changed. And if the types of answers that you're getting from those questions are useful answers that you, you feel like they are rigorous enough for you to make decisions on. Um, I'm going to just quickly go into my last um, slide because I realize we've got one minute left. Um, <laughs> do, do you I, do you mind if I go on? I can go on for an extra kind of five minutes. I've got time if, if that's all right with you. Yeah, that's okay, all right. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Um, let's do this. I'm going to just do the window technique again. I think it's better. Um, uh, here we go. Okay. Um, so can you see my, oh, my full screen? Yeah. Okay, great. So managing all that data. So I think just the final, um, the final kind of area is, is about, um, if you're doing lots and lots of interviews and, and it's good to speak to lots and lots of customers, but also um, it can become overwhelming because, you know, once you've spoken to more than like eight people, um, then it's hard to remember who who was who, and uh, and things start to blur into one. And, and there's a real danger that you remember the most recent interview more than you know the, the other ones. And so that there's a few, I've got a few kind of tips and tricks for just making sure that doesn't happen. Um, so one. Um, one thing that I that I like to do is, is um, headline immediately. So, so if I'm doing an interview, uh, I will schedule. If I once the the interview is booked into my calendar, I will schedule half an hour or twenty minutes after the interview um, to write my headlines from the interview. Um, and by headlines, I mean the like key. Usually, going back to my research goals, you know, maybe one of the research goals was like find out how much people will spend, you know, on, on breakfast, I, I would go back and I would, my headline would be this person typically spends this, this many pounds per week on breakfast. Um, and their, their, their budget seems to be in this kind of, in this kind of bracket. Um, you know, and so, so I do that as quickly as possible. And if there's two of you, then you can do it in, in 10 minutes. And it's a great, you can, you can talk through the headlines and you, you know, you, you can then walk away from the interview with, your your rough notes and then maybe like between five and eight headlines that just tell the the entire story of the interview uh against against the, the original goals that you had going into it and 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 in many situations it's those it's those headlines that i then use um from that point on and i barely even go back to the notes um so it's good practice to have always make space after interviews uh, Interviews often overrun, or that you know you have problems. So, I, like having, I like to have at least, ideally, at least forty-five minutes between interviews. So, if you're trying to do lots in a day, then I would make that space between them. Um, 
so that you can get do the headlines immediately because if you do if you do three or four interviews in a day and you don't headline after them then you're just gonna the next day is going to be really rough and you're not going to remember and the conversations are going to be blurry and you'll probably have to use the recordings more and so and then so you probably double the amount of time at least that you need to go back in to do headlining so i headlining is really important um i also like to write a little mini profile of each person so just like a short paragraph that says um you know who they are like oh, they, what kind of household they're in the things that are relevant to the to the project but maybe aren't specifically relevant to the learning goals so it might be this person is a you know mid-20s professional they live by themselves in a in a in a, in a block of um, apartments um they they work nearby and they tend to they tend to shop um you know on a daily basis for food something like that just gives me a bit of kind of um you know a bit more context to connect with my headlines so when i'm looking at the headlines i can see the person that um uh you know that those headlines came from it's almost like a sort of mini persona um and the other good thing about that is that it will give you if you do want to make personas uh, which is a separate talk separate talk um if you do want to make personas then you have some ideas coming from these mini profiles like what are the things i'm saying again and again that that seem relevant to this to my product to my kind of um, category and then the last thing is um, I learned this from uh, an, a very, very good researcher um, called Jan Chip Chase. Um, so file naming, uh, it seems mundane. It seems really kind of microscopic. But if you have good file names for your for everything, very consistent file names, then um, it becomes so much easier to kind of manage your data, especially if you have more than 10 um, interviews. Um, you know, and in some projects, you know, if you're doing, if you're doing it, like I just did a project for a university in the UK and we ended up interviewing about 45, um, students over the duration of the project. It was kind of tended to be in batches of, um, of six actually. Um, but so there was kind of different questions for each six, which made it even more important to kind of keep them separate, separated and to, um, to record them well. And so a clever file name might be like it's it's quite a long it'll be a long file name and like um i'm going to describe it uh that you know the the what, what we use so the the first kind of the first thing would be the project code then it would be the type of interview um so like maybe uh like it would be a uh you know interview or usability or um you know quick chat or whatever then it would be the um participant number so like p1 p2 um, then it might be um, some things that are relevant to the project so it might be the age like 25 38 um, and then it, there might be gender if that's if that's useful um, or like if there's some other sort of segment then it might be like um, you know chef um, and then um, what I typically have at the end of the file name is something memorable um, about that about the person about the conversation that's not necessarily relevant to the project but that really kind of sticks out so like for example if if the interview was with me i'm gonna stop sharing if you're doing the interview with me you might you might um call use the, the kind of the end of the file name would just say like car lantern or something um or like seat seat belt or something just like a couple of words that um that that remind you of who that person is um it's much more useful for me than the name of the person it's also much better much more respectful of their privacy to not use their name um and so then you look back through you've got like 45 interviews and you look back through and you go that was the person that had a yellow jumper on um or that was the person that had a like uh like a red hat that was the person that, that had a cat come into the call like during the, the cat walked across the keyboard so cat person um and those uh yeah having those having those sort of long file names with with those memorable bits at the end it seems um it seems super kind of anal but actually um it's it will you'll thank me for that it's it like saves you so much time especially if you're doing if you're in a company and you're doing interviews over a long period of time like um you know if you're doing if you if you're doing like tens 20s 30s 40s 50s of interviews then it then it becomes really helpful um and so that's the that's my five tips 
Um, does anyone have... I, I have time to, to answer questions, I think. Yes, I've got loads of time. Um, <laughs> I can so, see the sun has risen already there. <laughs> yeah, the, sun, the sun's come from, from up. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, it's dawn. It's gone. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, very beautiful behind the, uh, your background, eh? <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So maybe before go. we continue, let's uh, take a picture, everyone. Let's just uh, turn on your videos so Andrew and everyone and Abbas can see. Uh, hey, uh, Chuyin, you're back at home. Good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Let's take a picture together. All right. Thank you. Now, um, does anyone have question? Okay. Okay. There's a, a new question from Samshul. Can you read it, Andrew? Yes. Uh, recommended tools to organize your interview data. So I typically use uh, Google Drive. Um, but I think that, you know, you can use um, you, you can use Dropbox. You can't. There are professional tools now. Things like, um, well, op Optimal Workshop and um, Dovetail is the new one that actually is like a UX um, tool. Uh, there's another one called Qualdesk. I typically find that because I'm like I'm a, like a, a kind of a, a bitter old man. I find that these tools are I've I've been doing it for too long and i have a very specific way of 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 thinking about organizing my information and so i prefer to use google drive because it it's just how my it's how my mind organizes things um so i think i've looked at dovetail and it looks it looks fine but i but like it it's just slightly different from my mental um mental model as an old man in a car seat um so I, so I typically just use Google Drive. I mean, Google Drive is great because it's 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 basically free or very cheap. Um, Dropbox is you know similar. You can have the file structure. Um, you can you can be in very you know you can have a lot of control about sharing. Um, that that sharing and privacy is really important um, for you know a lot of my projects. And so uh, I can and I like in Google how you can you can. To some extent, control who can see things, who can't see things. Um, it's not the perfect. That's not the perfect UX either. But um, so yeah, typically I use that. But if if you're doing, I think if if you're doing a very complex project where you're starting to, um, you want to you want to not just store the information but also to analyze it, then I think that's when things like Dovetail suddenly become really really powerful and like and um, Optimal Workshop because. You can then you have the recordings and then you have you can tag the recordings and you can have multiple people doing the analysis together uh, in the space and they all they're all looking at the same information and this and the kind of the you know the analysis is happening in real time collaboratively so I, so I think that what if you're doing if you're starting to do you know bigger more complex projects that's when these ones come into um, their own okay. any more questions. I think maybe we are just a little bit off of time now. Maybe the yeah. last question. Anyone else for the last question? You can uh, type in the chat or uh, just ask straight away. Asking oh. a question. Okay. Uh, well, I'm trying to uh, decipher what you said before. So look at the chat now. Like, a, is this like a, what you meant before? Like a how yeah. <laughs> clever name yeah that's that's a good one um yeah that that's perfect am i <laughs> 100 it's 100 my age <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you see how you see how if you were doing 30 interviews and you, uh -huh. looked, you would look down the list of those interviews and you'd be like you know you'd be able to see exactly what's going on there what that is and maybe then then there would be the um the recording would be called that the notes would be ha would ha would have that maybe you take some photos during the, the some screenshots or um something else maybe we do a, a whiteboard we do something on a mural or mirror or something 
you'd call it the same thing. So then suddenly everything is connected together and you're not just looking back through your phone and going like, was that, did I take that photo during that interview or that other interview? Like, you know, it, there's no chance of that happening because you're really disciplined with the, with the file naming. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that's a good idea. Usually what I do is like, I add a date in front of the kind of like a UX meetup. So I just put like yeah. in a bracket, what is the date? Because it helps a lot, like a uh, when you have so many <laughs> interviews and then you don't remember which day. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I, th you know, it's a really good idea. Adding the date is, is would would be would make it even better. I think that the other thing is just to think that just because it's in a folder, um, and the folder has the right name, if you have a folder mm -hmm. and it has the right name, and then inside the folder it just says image one, image two, image three, image four, uh, then, yeah, 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 and you you lose the you lose the benefit. Whereas if if every image is if you have that, and then you say, and then it's like picture you know ux meetup blah 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 old man and car seat picture mm -hmm. one or even better picture of like screenshot of phone or whatever then uh if you're searching within google drive uh or or you know dropbox or whatever then you and you're i, know, I need a picture for my report um then i'm not looking i don't see image one i see exactly what's in the picture exactly who it was who is of who's it of which interview is it from from and it, it just saves it adds like 30 seconds onto each you know interview but it saves you so much time when you're kind of doing your analysis um, yeah that's cool okay i think um yeah i've gone way question. over time yeah no, it's all right <laughs> just the last question is it's not very much about interviews about the product because maybe we can talk about this later in in a different occasion i, I think i think it has been answered before they go uh yeah Andrew has already answered yeah. before. I mean, yeah. like, I'll check it out the recording later. I think <laughs> Regan uh, needs to hire, hire um, uh, you guys to, 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 um, <laughs> to do the project. <laughs> sounds like, yeah, sounds like needs some consulting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, okay, well, uh, yes, I just want to remind everyone, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk in Bahasa Indonesia. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much, Andrew, for coming to uh, today or tonight or morning for your time. <laughs> and <laughs> I really appreciate uh, your timing. Like, uh, I really appreciate that. And um, the things that you discussed today is really relevant to a lot of us. And um, hopefully people can learn something from here and uh, take away it's really good and uh yeah if you can come next week emil will come and he's going to talk about his interviewer so it will be cool and um <laughs> yeah uh so uh everyone if uh, you want to come next week it will be on tuesday same time uh it will be our friends and uh um he's going to talk about his tool for interviewing so it's good it's going to be great yeah you should ask him, Regu. You should ask him how he decides um, what uh, what features to build. Ask him the difficult question. Yeah, yeah. Ask him. Ask him all the difficult questions. Um, he, he definitely. It's very relevant for him because he he has to he has to choose that that tool. And you know, it's, it's a really great tool. And um, uh, he you know he has to choose which um, what features to add. Like, does he add in uh, collaboration team collaboration or does he add in uh you know ai transcription you know how does he choose between those things and so it's exactly the question that rigu has in a, probably a slightly more relevant example than um, breakfast cereals um <laughs> and and uh and he will he's he's been doing that um you know in that with that product so i think you'll get a really good kind of re much more concrete answer from him than from me Okay, uh, so again, I rem uh, remind everyone, yep, uh, hari minggu depan, so kalau bisa datang, datanglah. Jadi minggu depan kita juga akan mulai uh, user research and US design research, di mana kita akan membahas semua apa namanya bahan-bahan uh, yang kita diskusikan hari ini. Uh, jadi teman-teman, kalau ingin belajar lebih lanjut, ya, uh, ini apa namanya, uh, sekedar pembuka saja nanti bisa teman-teman uh, menghubungin 
kita untuk mengerti lebih lanjut apa yang uh, dimaksud uh, dari apa namanya pembicaraan hari ini. Oke, okay? uh, thank you everyone and have a really good day and really good night. Um, I'll see you next week. Thank you, okay, Andrew. Thank you very much, Andrew. We have learned a lot you. from you tonight. Thank you. Enjoy okay. Canada. It was great and stay in touch. Good luck. Yeah, stay in touch. Take care, Andrew. Okay, bye bye. Have a good day. Bye bye, bye everyone. Bye.